Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am so excited to be sitting here with Tracy Steele. And I'm going to let Tracy introduce herself. And we're just going to dive right into a conversation. I know it's going to be great. Tracy, tell me about yourself. Well, hey, thanks for letting me be here with you all today. So my name is Tracy Steele, and I'm a proud Air Force wife married to Chad Steele, who is a pilot. And we have, we've been in the service for about 18 years. So we've got about a year and a half before we re- retire. And I'm not quite sure what we're going to do next, but I know God is going to show us. So we're just kind of starting to pray and kind of see what the next season of our life is going to be like. But we have two um, crazy, energetic, beautiful children, Jackson, who is our fifth grade and ball player and Katie who is our third grader uh, and she just learned how to play the recorder so I don't know if any of you out there <laughs> yes. have had to <laughs> live through this but you will and it is uh, it's sanctifying <laughs> so we're just currently stationed out here at the Pentagon in Washington DC and we've moved six times in 11 years of marriage so wow. life has definitely not been dull but I'm glad that I have my faith because it definitely has been what has grounded me um, and kept me sane through all the moves and just different deployments and things that we've gone through as a family Wow well Tracy you are the author and I hope I'm gonna get this right, of redesigned life Yes, And um, I'm excited to dive into that book and all of those things, but I want to ask you just a little bit about um, your life with moving so many times, um, just the logistics of that, and even just the fact that your husband is gone so much. And I want to talk about sort of these parts of your life. How have you learned to thrive? So let's just talk about moving for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You've moved so many times without without a lot of notice. Right. No. And in fact, we moved to Little Rock. They gave us 24 hour notice to go from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So think geographically where this is, folks, from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Little Rock, Arkansas for a training program that just the spot came open last minute and they decided to put my husband in. So I had just gotten my kids into preschool, just had unpacked for moving from Texas to Albuquerque, and all of a sudden our lives were thrown into chaos immediately. And so all I knew at that time was, okay, what can I fit in one car? You know, and I did have that moment where I, I went into my closet and I had the screaming, <laughs> no, no, the crying a little yeah. bit. Let's all be honest. We're, we're human. Okay. Yeah. I think sometimes we can think, well, you know, following Jesus, I've got to be superhuman and never cry and just quote Romans 8:28 and, you know, whatever. But I had to have that moment. And I think that, you know, you asked me, how do I thrive? And I think one of the things I do to thrive is I have to be real yeah. with the emotions that I am feeling. And allow those to come out. Um, And so that was the first thing I did. And then you kind of have to, you have to keep going. And that's what I literally had to do. So I want to ask you, I love that you went there because that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. If I was told, basically told, you have to move. Yes. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't what I want. Um, I love that you shared that you allowed yourself the permission to feel that frustration. And I want to know, because I know, um, 
we can all relate to getting a phone call of some yeah. sort or having something happen in our lives where this happens and we're like, oh, I didn't plan for this. I didn't want this. So we can sometimes either push that emotion away right. or we can feel it, but then get stuck there. So I want to know right. for you, right. Right. how do you actually go from, I'm frustrated, I'm mm -hmm. sad, I'm whatever that is. And I, mm -hmm. I can totally relate to being like, I'm, I need to feel this emotion. So how do you go from there? to saying, and now I'm moving on. Cause I think that's okay. a really key piece. And I don't think it happens in five minutes. Okay. Let me add that. I am a huge person. If, if you follow me at all, you'll know, I talk about processes a lot because mm -hmm. Hey, did God create the world in one day? No, it was a process. So we know that our God is definitely into processes and time and sanctification itself is a process that happens over the life of a follower of Christ. So after I went into the closet and I had my, bleh, I started thinking about, okay, now what do I need to do next? What is in my control? Because there's a lot that I cannot control. We didn't even know where we were going to be living in Little Rock. All I knew is I had to pack. That was in my control. And I knew that my small children were going to be looking to mommy. Yeah. And if I'm completely falling apart right now, guess what they're going to do? They're going to completely fall apart. So I started to just think about not go so big picture in that moment but go small picture and think, what can I do today? Because Matthew 6 is clear. Do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, right? For today has enough of the troubles itself. So what could I control today? What could I do today? And that was packing. And so I just tried to start focusing on what I could control, um, the smaller steps, not big picture, and then I always go back to the truth that's in God's word. I'm a huge believer in that. And I started to go back through the verses that would calm me down, <laughs> the verses that assured me that God was with me in the middle of the chaos. And those are the ones that I started to allow to go through my mind as I was throwing stuff in the box or, you know, uh, we had to wrap our pipes for winter all of a sudden. So those didn't burst while we were gone. Um, you know, I had to just kind of start going through some of those tasks while trying to meditate right. on what I knew to be true. Well, I love that basically what you were, were doing in that moment was you were, you were really practicing that, what you said, that do not worry, just what can I do in this day? And it's funny because even earlier on, and you were sharing with me, hey, we're retiring in a year and a half. Like, yeah. we, know, we know this thing is coming, but it's the exact same thing. We still can't be living in our minds down there. We're, it's still just today. And so um, I think what you have just shared is that there is this, um, it's a practice of how do I stay in today? Yes. What can I control? What can I feed my mind? Yes. What are the practical things I can do and not get overwhelmed by the big picture and kind of get stuck there. But so I love all, all of those practical things, mm -hmm. um, and spiritual things as well. How do I just kind of stay in that place? So I think that's super helpful. Thank you. Um, and, like, and I still had all that time to drive in the car <laughs> to continue to process. Continue to process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I know, and I know if you and I had three hours to talk, we would talk about yes. how God moved in each of those moves for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to ask you, um, you know, my husband travels a little bit here and there for work. Yeah. And I've had those moments, especially when you have young kids, where you're like, okay, this is hard. And, you know, you're doing a lot of, I like to call it this solo parenting, because mm -hmm. um, you have times where, you know, your partner is back and your teamwork again, right. um, but you have these long chunks where your husband is gone. And so how have you learned to even thrive in that? Um, and again, and it's hard. I think one of the biggest things I have to pray about a lot, I'm just going to be really vulnerable here with y'all, yeah. is to not be resentful mm -hmm. of my husband. 
because I, you know, again, I know they're out working and they're providing, which, and God has put a call on their life, whether they're an accountant, whether they're a pilot, whether they're military, whatever makes them go away. That is what they're called to do for that season. Sometimes I get resentful. He gets to be free of the kids. He gets to go have dinners and get dressed up and I'm stuck with babies throwing up all over me. Something always breaks around the house. We call it the military curse, girlfriends. Like it just something always falls apart when our guys fall apart. And so that's the first thing is I have to make sure I'm looking at what's in my heart towards my spouse when he is gone. Um, because I like to, to be all, you know, hallmark and romantic and say, I just miss him so much. And, you know, all the lovey feelings are there. Um, that happened a lot at the beginning of our marriage. But now by the 11th year of all of this, I'm starting, there's that resentment there. And that's just me being honest, you know, yeah. so I have to confess that to the Lord and say, no, Lord, help me to remember that he's actually living out the calling that you have given him. And so, you know, free me from that resentment or that jealousy or that, well, he gets to do that and I'm stuck here. You know, that kind of a mentality that can sneak into our hearts as moms, as wives, we want to be on guard for that yeah. um, because that's not going to help the marriage or us find peace while our men are gone. And again, whatever we are feeling as wives and moms will, you know, be portrayed onto our kids. They can sense that. So we got to be careful. Yeah what's on our heart. And then I think the other big thing I would like to say is then I had to figure out for me, you know, I can't just sit around and, and wait for him. Um, I've got to find my own career, my own hobby, my own, you know, whatever God has gifted me to do, do it while he's gone, you know, and for some of that, that may be some sort of uh, business that you run out of your home or, you know, I'm a writer. So I found writing. That's one of the reasons why I started writing was that was a way I could process things while he was gone because I couldn't always talk to him. And so whatever it is, if you can find what that, uh, you know, hobby is or what, you know, something outside that kind of takes your focus off the fact that your spouse is gone that he's, you know, not there. Uh, find whatever you do that makes you happy uh, and do that. And I think a lot of times I would bring my kids with me while I was doing those things, or they've watched me write my book. They've come in and I've allowed them to see mommy doing the things that God has called her to. And that has really helped me uh, kind of keep busy while, while Chad is away. So I'm not just worried or again, growing resentful. Well, I love those two things so much. Um, I love, first of all, that you have recognized that um, that resentment, that bitterness that comes so quickly. Yeah. And you've also realized how to um, deal with it and how to not really let it get planted um, inside of you. And so I think that can be a place where for a lot of us, I remember I used to feel like it didn't really matter how many times my friend's husband went away for work, whatever. It was like, no, no, this is mine is the hardest. Mine is, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, I lived in that place of being stuck in bitterness towards my spouse and his job. Um, and I had no idea really that that was keeping me down and keeping me in this stuck in this really hard place. And so um, I love that you shared that need for confession and just going to God. And it's hard because we're like, you know what? I am frustrated that I'm home here and I'm carrying the weight, the extra weight of this work. I am, and similar to what you said about the move, like having those moments of experiencing the emotion and giving that over to God and confessing and then keeping yourself in that place where you're like, I'm not going to allow those bitter and resentful thoughts to come in. And so I think that is huge, regardless of, you know, where any of you listening are at, um, just dealing with that stuff is huge. And then you've said, okay, now that I'm free there, 
what can I do? And also, how can I be creative in that? I love that I think the Holy Spirit can plant ideas inside of us, like that idea for you to be a writer. And then even being creative where probably in your mind, you may have thought, this would be so much easier if my kids could be over here with the sitter or this could, you know, and sometimes we do that. But you also have said, what would it look like to bring them with me on this journey and see mom following this dream that, you know, she's, she may be the one at home here, but what does it look like to follow this passion? I think that's so um, great to bring your kids along with it, which I know hasn't necessarily been easy all along the way. Um, but those two things I think are so great. Um, well, I want to think about Jesus too. You know, he brought the disciples with him and to do ministry. And so, you know, I've done a lot of women's ministry over the years. And when I talk to young moms, a lot of them keep saying, well, you know, I'd like to do this, but I'm going to wait till la da 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 da. And I'm thinking, but no, your kid, you know, Jesus brought the disciples with him. Like right. we don't need to separate our lives into yeah. these chunks that never interact. Like our kids need to see us slaving over, you know, I don't know, the homeless ministry or whatever, whatever the type of ministry that God has called you to do. I'm just talking writing because that's obviously yeah. what I'm doing. But I wanted them to see me working hard at something, to be diligent, you know, to meet the deadlines, to talk to them about why I was writing the book and what the chapters were about. And I brought them into the ministry so that they could see that it is a sacrifice, that it is going to take time. And so again, I, I would encourage you moms, whatever type of business or a hobby or skill that you have, let your children see that. Yes, there's a time we need to feed them and clothe them and bathe them and discipline them and all those other parts of motherhood. But when you are doing that thing, whether it's leading worship even, or, you know, bring the kids if you can, I know if they're itty bitty, it may be hard, of course, but as they especially get older, you know, and they're able to sit still or sit quiet in, in certain, certain circumstances, bring them with you into that and let them see you use what your God-given gifts, what lights you up, because you are going to be teaching them probably more than you know. You don't have to keep those parts of your life separated, if that makes sense. Well, I love, I love that you use that phrase of not waiting. And I think sometimes in our mind, we're waiting until it gets easier. Oh, it'll just, I'll wait till all my kids are in school. I'll wait till they're out of school or whatever it might be. And you also use the phrase, what lights you up. And I think that's part of it is that we, we actually are given these, these dreams and passions inside of us that will light us up as we pursue them, which actually will um, trickle out into our motherhood. Because as we are, we're almost like we're being filled up as we're poured out. And then we are able to pour out to our kids in that way. And so um, I just love that you are encouraging women to do that and to look into how to um, really design their lives with God. Because for a lot of women listening as well, they're, they're sitting here going, my life does not look the way I thought it was going to look. And so what would you say to those women about um, being in that place? Um, that's, that is the story of my life. Uh, you know, in my book, I, I talk about several different ways. You know, I thought I was going to be uh, a ballerina at first, and then that fell apart. And then I was going to be an interior designer, make millions of dollars, and move to New York City. And none of that happened, <laughs> you know? And I actually wasn't going to get married, and I actually wasn't going to become a mom believe it or not. And we all know how all that turned out, you know, and my precious mom, I talk about this in the book too. Like I, she died uh, from breast cancer about 11 or seven years ago, and she's still supposed to be here 
helping me raise my babies, you know, and she was probably my closest friend. And now, you know, she's gone. And so I could go on and on friendships that I thought would be here are not, you know, I mean, I could just go on and on about the different things and the different fails and, you know, all the things that have happened to me. But through all of those, I have tried to say, okay, Lord, you know what? I did try, you know, obviously this door closed or you've said no to me, please, you know, show me maybe why, or what is the purpose behind this? Or, you know, and sometimes God has answered me. And I also talk about this in the book. And sometimes he has still remained silent, you know, but the truth is, is we have to try for things and then say, okay, Lord, this isn't working. So by faith, I'm going to trust you. Even if my emotions are not there yet, because sometimes our hearts are way back here and it just takes it a while to catch up here, but I'm going to keep going to your word because your word promises me that you still have a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11, for me and for my kids comes what may. And so I'm going to wait on you to work all of that out because most of the time he has shown me, you know, whether that's through something somebody said or whether that's through, you know, different circumstances, maybe six months, five years down the road, why a certain thing was a no or why certain things fell apart. And so I think that's the longer you walk with God, the more that you see that. But I would encourage you all, if you aren't, to journal, you know, your journey with God, because the more time you have with him, I do see uh, the more stronger our faith becomes because we can look back then on that history with him and go, oh, that was why. Oh, that was why. Oh, that was God. You know, like I pretty much dated all of Phoenix. Okay. Before I got married, girls, like I was a bridesmaid 11 or 12 times before I met my husband. And now, of course, at the time it, it broke my heart, but now I can see, oh, because he was setting me up, you know, to meet with Chad Steele. So, you know, well, I had this conversation with friends yesterday and we were talking about what if instead of calling some of these seasons, waiting seasons, we called them preparing seasons and what would that look like if we saw them that way and so you looking back and say hey I see how God was preparing me in that or I see how God was preparing my husband in that and you know saving me from this over here and um so it's just always easier in hindsight and you talk in your book about this idea of patterns I mean you have all these design principles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you've used this analogy of design to really unpack some things and you talked about this idea of God's patterns and our patterns. Can you unpack that a little bit for me? Yeah. And so just how the book real quick came to be is as I was going out and I was speaking at different women's events, I started noticing again, just what you said, people were coming up to me. These are Jesus loving women, you know, that go to church, do all the things and they're going, life is not going the way I planned and why, and where is God? And does he hear me? And, you know, I don't, and so I'm starting to pray like how Lord, you know, how can I try to communicate some of these truths? And I started thinking back to when I was an interior designer. Um, and I started thinking, okay, I use these sets of principles. Okay. To design a space that was beautiful and functional for my clients. And I started thinking about how God as our master architect, as our master designer, does he use these same set of principles as he is redesigning us? Does he use patterns in our lives? Does he use contrast? These are all principles that designers have used and artists too. And I'm like, well, he sure does. And so that's kind of, as you mentioned in the book, it is set up around six different design principles. And I've you know, interwoven uh, the personality, the personhood of God, how he moves, who he is, along with these design principles to give us visual reminders that God is active as he is redesigning 
designing us in the shocks and surprises of life. So one of those principles that you just mentioned is patterns. And I think we all know what patterns are, right? Um, I'm a huge check, you know, Buffalo checked uh, pattern person. I love Paisley. Um, it's the reason, you know, patterns communicate something to us. They keep, they catch our interest. They hold our attention. And so just like designers use patterns to do that in a real space, God is going to use patterns. He's going to use repetitions okay to catch our attention to communicate something about who he is or how he wants us to live and the biggest way he will do that is throughout scripture so i would encourage you guys if you you know are familiar with the bible if you study it all whether you've known god for like two weeks maybe you're still even trying to figure out who he is or maybe you've known him forever is to go back through and look throughout the pages of scripture for patterns and those would be any kind of repeating words that he's going to say over and over over and over and you can even do a simple Google search on uh, you know teachings about money teachings about forgiveness you know teachings about impatience and you will see a pattern and that's God just simply trying to communicate to us something that he wants us to remember because I don't know about you but I can forget sometimes what what I've heard or, or learned and so that's really why he uses patterns well and it's funny too the way you're sharing about how he um, he will emphasize things again and again to us. And so he'll emphasize it through his word. And then maybe we'll be sitting in church on Sunday and the pastor will say, he'll use like something similar that we've been reading or that a friend will say something or we'll hear it on a podcast. And it's like, when God is doing that, like pay attention. And so I usually just say, hey, what are you trying to tell me through this? What do you want me to learn? What do you want me to pay attention to? Is there something that I need to act in obedience towards? So I love that clarified this idea of like God is using these patterns. He's yes. talking about similar things. What about for us? Like what are some patterns that we might, might see in our lives? Um, yeah. And I, and that's interesting you brought that up because each of the design principles has two chapters in the book. And so in the first patterns chapter, I talk about the patterns as they relate to God himself, which are always going to be positive, right? That he's forgiving, that he's fun, that, you know, he's all these different things. Um, but then in the second chapter, I switch the script or I flip the script, if you will. And I look at patterns as they relate to us. And again, I'm just going to be real honest with you all, because that's how I rolled. Follow me on social media. You know, you just, what you see is what you get. <laughs> um, but a lot of the patterns that related to me look like impatience, look like worry, look like fear, look like, you know, you know, those are some of the patterns that we can do over and over are those self-defeating thoughts that I have struggled with. I have struggled with insecurity. I have struggled with my weight. I think I shared with you uh, before we started recording that I was a ballerina. So you all can probably guess that I did struggle with my weight and my body image. And I developed some uh, disordered eating patterns for a while. I went through a season of some disordered eating. And so I have these tapes and these negative thought patterns that we play over and over and over in my mind. But God knows that. And that's why he's such a loving and a good and a patient father, because he, again, has put patterns that are all opposite of all of those things. Patterns for peace and love and joy and, you know, patterns that tell me who I am in him, about where my beauty comes from. And they're all throughout the pages of scripture. And so in the book, um, I encourage you guys to look up what those positive patterns throughout scripture are as they pertain to us and how we're to live and to really, again, try to 
sink yourself deep into those, whether it's scripture memorization, whether it's journaling about it, whether it's doing a Bible study, however you encounter God, just put that truth into your heart and mind. Because as you do, your thoughts will change over time. As you do, your behaviors are going to change and you will start to see things differently. You will start to see yourself differently. And that's what God, he says, I came so that you can have freedom, you know, from these things. And so again, especially in seasons when life doesn't go as planned, that is a prime time for those negative patterns to pop up, you know? So that's why we got to seek to find the positive ones throughout scripture. Well, I love that. I think that everybody can relate to having some sort of patterns of things that they, like you said, the, the worry, the impatience, the stress, the, um, those negative tapes, and it can feel really hopeless and it can feel like, well, this is just who I am or just how it is. And so I love that you just shared, um, that God has a desire for those things to be replaced with his truth. And so as we saturate ourselves in his truth that we actually will have um our thinking patterns changed and we will be able to have those um untruths fall away and so i just love your encouragement for women to be in the word and knowing that that is where we find that ultimate freedom um so i love that i feel like we could chat so much there's one other question i wanted to um just ask again pertaining to this idea of you moving around. And I, I know you've shared with me earlier about that. You're kind of an extrovert and I feel like I'm, I'm constantly like, I cannot decide. I think I must be an ambivert because I can okay. never decide. Am I an extrovert? Am I an introvert? I don't know what's happening, but I can imagine for myself moving to a new city, um, being in a new place and feeling like, um, it's just easier to isolate myself. It's just easier to stay home because it feels like a lot of work to put yourself out there. So I think extrovert or introvert. Um, now, I think probably a lot of people listening, even if they have not moved to a new city or they have not um, done those things, we just live in a culture right now where I think for a lot of us, we are isolating ourselves um, just because it's easier. We have very full and busy lives. So I just want to ask you some very like practical questions about how have you managed to put yourself out there knowing, Hey, I may not even be here that long. Like, how do I invest in other people? Where do I go? Can you just share some encouragement of how you've done that? Yeah, sure. And it's hard because, you know, again, being military spouse, I never know, are we going to be here two years, one year, four year, five years? I never know. Um, and so a lot of that is I've had to take that upon myself to say, okay, where are my people probably going to be at? You know, for a while it was mops. I was big into mops because, you know, I had had the babies and I knew that those moms were going to be just as tired and unmade as I was. And so we needed to like go through the fire of motherhood together. And so I found my mops people. Um, I'm always trying to, you know, look for a church or again, some sort of a civic, uh, you know, place where people are giving and serving others, because I think that tells a lot about a person if they're out in those kinds of situations. And so again, it, it really is unfortunately upon us if we're the ones that have moved somewhere to take that first step. Because people today, are, for other reasons, like you've just mentioned, are not going to always knock first on our door. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert to do this, but you just simply show up because scripture also commands us in Hebrews to live in community. 
you know? And so God has made us to be communal. And I know we've all been hurt and I know it's scary. And I know there's that fear of rejection and, uh, you know, moving here to Virginia, uh, it's, it's been harder. Uh, we live in a, in a community that's not very high population of military. So not a lot of people understand they've been here forever. They have their family, their social circles. And so this has been a little bit more of a lonelier move for me. But again, I've just kind of had to say, okay, you know what? At the end of the day, I know that my God loves me. I know that my kids, I think on most days, love me, <laughs> yeah, right? They're, they're getting into those junior high years, everybody. Yep. So most days they love me. Um, but, you know, I had to kind of go back to, okay, I still have my girlfriends that I've had for years. I kind of get a lot of that from them here. Then I've had to put myself where I think my people are and then just walk up and just simply say, hi, my name is Tracy and pray for those relationships to blossom. And some have and some haven't, you know? So that's just a few of the things that I've done. Well, I love that you just shared um, just even about the idea of showing up, right? That, that can often be the, the biggest hurdle is just saying, okay, I'm actually going to commit to yes. going to this place, yes. putting myself out there, fearing either rejection yes. or not connecting. And, um, but you've said, I'm just going to go do this thing. And also even being that first one to say, hi, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, I try to teach my kids that like, when yeah. you, cause I'll often say like, oh, you just met a friend at the playground. Who was it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh no, how do we, and I realize sometimes adults are just like little kids where we're shy, we're nervous. And, and when we can realize the other people are probably feeling the same way and we can put ourselves out there um, just to start making connections. So I think that is one of my hopes because I do feel like we are, we're made to live in community. Yeah. Uh, but for so many of us, we can be really feeling pretty lonely um, just based on our own busy schedules and uh, having a hard time being the first to go right. out there and kind of make it happen. Uh, and sometimes I think too, you know, I've just had to learn that, you know, I think, oh, you know, I want this like BFF and we need to be hanging out 24 seven. But remember a lot of times it does take time for relationships to grow and for trust to build. And so we're just talking little steps, ladies, just taking little steps, you know, show up a couple weeks, put your name out there, extend the hand, get a handshake, uh, you know, pray for discernment, who might be my people, you know, ask someone to coffee. These don't have to be earth shattering things where, you know, but just take those small steps. And over time, it usually takes me about a year. I feel like that first year is kind of that weird time. It takes me about a year in most places that I've lived to really finally find those girlfriends. And I think a lot of us really are in those seasons where we are kind of inward a little bit with family. So right. it's not like the single years, you know, where we could go out every night and do all those things. Um, so it just takes a little bit longer to build, but it's just the simple things. And sometimes I just drop stuff off, you know, and just say, Hey, I just baked you some cookies or, Hey, I just thought I would bring this book over. Cause I know you were looking for something to read. And it's just those tiny acts of friendship or just that simple text, you know, that says, Hey, it was good to meet you at book club last week. You've got a beautiful smile or something like that. You know, just those small things are what build the relationships. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, you know, and over time, that's how those new friendships blossom. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we've all had those moments where we have an idea, either an idea. And I think a lot of it is Holy Spirit prompting, like um, an idea to text somebody. Yeah. Oh, maybe I can make that person cook. Maybe I could stop by. And I think what we need to be able to have confidence in is say, I'm going to do that thing without allowing that fear. Cause sometimes that will happen where I'll, I'll have an idea for a text 
And then this voice will come, will say, oh, don't overwhelm that person. Don't, they don't want to hear from you or whatever. It's like, well, that voice of fear, that voice of anxiety, like that's not from God. And so how do we continue to listen to those prompts? And I think that's part of, in some ways, this idea of allowing God to design your life. Yes. And whatever it's going to look like in this place is how do I continue to listen to those prompts from him, pay attention, move forward. And always remember that his opinion, my husband asked me one question almost every single day, ladies, and this is it. He will always ask me, whose opinion counts? Every day, he asks me that. And he's not talking about himself. Yeah. He's talking about God. Because if I can remember that at the end of the day, if I text two people or 15 people and nobody responds, which has almost maybe happened because I'm an extrovert, (laughs) but you know, at the end of the day, I still know that I am loved and secure and accepted in Christ. And yes, some will be my people and some will not. But more than often, people are, I can't believe you texted me. Thank you so much. Like we have no idea what other women around us are going through. And we're so afraid to be too much to other people or Satan will get in there and plant lies or whatever that sometimes it just takes a simple text and a day or two later, they may respond and you just never know what a blessing you could be to that other person, but you are already blessed. You are already enough in Jesus Christ. And the more that we can find our security in him and rest in him, that frees us up then to risk and to, to take that chance by sending that text. Oh, that's so good. I love that question that your husband asks you. And I love that uh, we can just end that here with that idea of who's, is it whose opinion matters? Whose opinion, whose opinion counts? Whose opinion counts? Mm-hmm. Whose opinion counts? So let's leave that today with um, being able to allow all of those other things to fall away. And Tracy, um, I know I want to hear more from you and um, excited to dive more into your book. And I love a, a book that has great analogy. And so as you unpack that pattern okay. idea, there's five other design principles you have to unpack with um, who God is and who we are. And so tell us where we can find the book and learn more about you. Sure. Yeah. The main place to start um, would be my website. So that's tracymsteel.com. And from there, I'm on Instagram, Twitter at tracymsteel, Facebook. I'm on all the different social media avenues. I love, 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 love to hear from my readers. So please reach out. Um, I'll be glad to pray for you, encourage you, um, what have you. You can send me an email. Uh, The book is called A Redesigned Life, Uncovering God's Purposes When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. And you can buy that on Amazon. Barnes and Noble. Um, it's actually in Barnes and Noble, uh, some of the different local bookstores. You can check there as well. Christian book distributors, Target has it online. So it's pretty much everywhere books are sold. So thanks for having me. So great. So nice to connect with you. Looking forward to connecting more. And I trust this episode will have moved you one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.